0: Good morning, we are starting a new mini-series today that we're calling Holding On to Hope. Holding On to Hope. Why are we starting this series? That's a good question, because sometimes life sucks. (gasps) He's not supposed to say that in church. (laughs) But it's true, isn't it? Sometimes life sucks. It's a universal experience. Whether you're rich or poor, whether you are old or young, whether you are black or white, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're religious or not, sometimes life sucks. Sometimes things are hard. Cancer, car accidents, layoffs, identity theft, tragedy, None of these things are any respecter of person. They don't care what color your skin is. They don't care how old you are. They don't care how much money you have. They don't care whether you go to church. Suffering and hardship is a universal experience, and we cannot avoid it. Now, the suffering of the world is not evenly distributed. That is true. Some people experience uh, far more than their fair share of suffering than others. But every one of us, as we continue on this journey of life, is going to experience heartache and hardship and tragedy and suffering to some degree. We can't avoid it. Becoming a Christian doesn't exempt you from suffering. It doesn't exempt you from hardship. As a matter of fact, if we pay attention to the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of the apostles, as we're so, it, becoming a Christian invites certain forms of hardship and certain forms of suffering. But hardship and suffering does not have to have the last word, and that's what this series is all about. If we have hope, we can survive hardship. If we have hope, we can survive hardship. So in this series, we're going to talk about the importance and the power of hope. We're going to talk about how to find it, where to find it, uh, and we're going to talk about why I think, why I believe Christianity offers hope beyond compare. So not everything we're going to talk about is directly come, directly comes from the scriptures. Hope hope goes beyond Christianity. Hope is a universal reality that helps people of all faiths and all backgrounds and all ages and colors to to survive hardship, but I'm going to talk about it in the next few weeks why I believe Christianity offers a version of hope that is beyond compare. But first, before we start talking about why hope is so important and how powerful it is, we have to define it because hope is one of those words that has sort of lost its, uh, its true meaning in our culture. So here's the definition of hope that I want to use going forward in the series. Hope is the confident expectation of future good. The confident expectation of future good. You see, often we use the word hope when we should use the word wish. We say things like, I I say, I hope to be a professional football player, right? If I were to say that, there's no confident expectation that that would ever come true because that's not based in any form of reality. I don't have the skills necessary to become a professional football player. So I, I... Sometimes we use the word hope when we really mean the word wish. So we say, uh, I hope I win the lottery, right? When there's really, you can't have any confident expectation that you're going to win the lottery. That's the point of the lottery. It's just dumb luck and chance. Uh, So genuine hope is genuine belief that's based in reality. And that's going to become important as we move forward through this series. But what we're going to find as we talk about this is that true hope is incredibly powerful. True hope is incredibly powerful in terms of the power it gives us to endure hardship, to survive suffering, to make it through tragedy and come out on the other side uh strong and healthy and as a survivor. And this is a, this is a concept, what we're going to focus on in this message in particular, this is a concept that's really being recognized by many, many different fields across the spectrum. This isn't just a, a Christian idea, this isn't just a religious idea, but this is, this is an actual concept that is showing itself to be true in studies. Now, I believe it's rooted in in Christianity. I believe it's rooted in the truth of God. But but even secular institutions and secular fields are starting to recognize the importance and the power of hope. So the first field that I want to talk about is the field of psychology. Uh, This quote comes from uh, Dr. Dale Archer. He's a clinical psychiatrist. And he has done extensive work with survivors of hurricanes and other tragedies, and he writes a little bit uh, about hope. Here's what he says. He says, sometimes hope looks so bleak in a given situation so as to appear non-existent, yet it is vital for survival. Uh, It it is so vital for survival that virtually everyone who survives a life-threatening ordeal that on the surface seems impossible will point to hope as the one thing that got them through. It is this very hope which champions the survivor even in the bleakest of times. So this is somebody who has worked with with victims of tragedy, broad tragedy, people who have been through these terrible hurricanes where they've lost everything, or or recession, where they've lost all of their financial security. And what he notices is that as people come through this, there are physical survivors but he breaks down physical survivors into two different categories. He has psychological survivors and psychological victims. And he said there's, there's really no way to determine who's going to be a psychological survivor and who's going to be a psychological victim uh, based on skin color, based on wealth, based on anything else. But what he notices is that the people who are psychological survivors, the ones who come out tragedy on the other side um, a, a, and find success again are the ones who have some sort of hope to cling to. They have something forward that they can look forward to. They have a confident expectation of future good despite the tragedy that they've been through. And that confident expectation of future good gives them the strength to endure the tragedy and to rebuild their lives again. Those who come through the other side as psychological victims are those who don't, and they can be wealthy, they can be uh, of all different sorts, but they can still be a psychological victim. And, and what characterizes them as a psychological victim is they don't have hope. They don't have a confident expectation that things are going to be okay again. They don't have anything to do that. And so he realized that as he worked with these physical survivors who were psychological victims, his role, his job was to reinstill hope in them, to help them realize that they really do have something to hold on to, something to hang on to. And so he says, as he's talked with all of these different victims, that people who have been through circumstances and ordeals, that they should not have come through on the other side. All of the signs pointed to somebody who should not have survived, somebody who should not have come through the other side as well as they did. The one thing that they all had in common was hope. This confident expectation that things would be better. And that hope comes uh, in different forms for different people. Uh, different things bring different people hope, but all of them had this one characteristic of a confident expectation of future good, that things would be better for them again in the future. So th- what we're, we're finding in the field of psychology, that hope is incredibly important for people who are going through mental distress and psychological trauma that helping them to experience and to find hope, giving them something to hang on to that they can really expect that things will be better is vital for their survival and their future well-being. This is true in psychology. It's also true in medicine. This quote comes from Dr. Jerome Groupman. He's a a doctor, a physician. He's also a uh, researcher, a scientist specializing in uh, cancer and AIDS. He wrote the book, The Anatomy of Hope. Uh, This is an excerpt from one of his articles. He says, clear-eyed hope gives us the courage to confront our circumstances and the capacity to surmount them. For all my patients, hope, true hope, has proved as important as any medication I might prescribe or any procedure I might perform. He says there is an authentic biology of hope. There's an authentic biology of hope. And he he delineates between true hope and false hope. He says true hope is hope that is rooted in reality. It's not just some wish. It's not just the power of positive thinking, but it's a genuine expectation, a genuine belief of future good. And he goes on to say, he says researchers are learning that a change in mindset has the power to alter neurochemistry. Uh, The the way that we think actually has the power to affect the chemistry in our brains and our minds and our bodies and affect the way that our bodies heal. Um, uh, Belief and expectation, the key elements of hope, can block pain by releasing the brain's endorphins and, and encephalins, mimicking the effects of morphine. Hope can actually provide physical pain relief having that positive expectation of future good. In some cases, he writes, hope can also have important effects on fundamental physiological processes like respiration, circulation, and motor function. During the course of an illness, then, hope can be imagined as a domino effect, a chain reaction in which each link makes improvement more likely. It changes us profoundly in spirit, and in body. Now, if you if you read uh, more of what he writes, he talks about how he was always very skeptical of this type of thinking. He had he had read some of those pop psychology books and sort of thought, oh, that's just bad science. You know, that's just you know, no, there's no actual evidence to that. And as he began working with patients over thirty years and going through his own uh, physical trauma, he began to realize that there really is scientific basis to the power of hope. That people who have hope, who have something to latch themselves onto, a a positive uh, expectation of future good, that it really does affect the the physical healing process in their body. Hope is being recognized in psychology, it's being recognized in medicine, and it's being recognized in the field of poverty relief. The quote I'm going to read to you comes from a massive study uh, spanning more than six countries in connection with an initiative that was called the Graduation Project. The Graduation Project, and it was a project that uh, it seeks to help people graduate out of poverty. It identifies the people in the most abject poverty around the world, Um, and it's a a series of trainings as well as um, resources to help people graduate out of poverty and become self-sufficient. Um, And hope was identified as one of the mechanisms that allowed people to take control of their lives and to escape poverty. And here's here's the quote from the article about this. It says, whether in America or India, families that are stressed and impoverished, trapped in cycles of poverty, can feel a hopelessness that becomes self-fulfilling. In other words, what, what, we, what we recognize is a lot of times we, you know, we think that, that laziness and poverty are, are related. We think that laziness causes poverty, but, but what we see is that it's actually a circular, circular phenomenon that people who are in poverty experience hopelessness, and hopelessness and, and depression lead to, to, to more uh, factors that contribute to more poverty, and it becomes sort of a downward spiral. And So what they're realizing is that if you can introduce hope Into the circle, if you can introduce hope somewhere into the spiral, people can actually develop uh, means to to pull themselves up and out of their situation. He says, give people a reason to hope that they can achieve a better life and that too can be self-fulfilling. Helping people identify. And so there's the, the graduation project is really neat. I wish I had time to get into all of the specifics. But, but what they do is they provide training to these people. They help them to, to, to think differently. And then they provide resources. Often it's like a cow or some goats or some bees, some, some um Tangible thing that they can use then to start making money and that very aspect of just holding something in their hands that they know will will bring a little bit of income changes their entire mindset and it allows them that they start acting differently and they start thinking differently. The very prospect that things might be better for them in the future spurs them on to, to do more and to do better. As a matter of fact, they did a study in Ethiopia where they, uh, a, a group of people who sat down and watched a one-hour inspirational video uh, started contributing more to savings, started spending more on their children's education, and st- had better financial stability than people who, who watched one hour of just comp- television comedy. Right, one hour of inspirational training gave people, and these effects were noticed six months still down the line. Six months later, one hour. So if you think there's no benefit to coming to church, right? One hour of inspirational training can make you better set financially in the future. Right? No, that's not why you come to church. But, but there is truth to, the, to this fact that if if you introduce hope to people's life where there is no hope, it really does make their lives tangibly better in the moment. So it's true in psychology, uh, it's true in um, medicine, and it's true in poverty as well. Uh, a, a, a modern research is discovering the power of hope. They're, they're discovering the power of hope, but it's not a new concept. These psychologists and these doctors and these people studying poverty are not the first people to recognize that hope Has incredible power in helping people endure and survive hardship. As a matter of fact, there was an anonymous Christian who was writing about the power of hope nearly 2,000 years ago. Here's what they said about it. This comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 6. The writer says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure. Now this writer is writing specifically about hope that God will be faithful to his promises. That God will be faithful to his promises. And that's the context that he's writing about. But he uses this language that hope is an anchor for the soul. Which gets us asking the question well, what is an anchor? What is the purpose of an anchor? The purpose of an anchor in a, with a ship when a, when a when a sea vessel drops an anchor, they drop an anchor so that they stay put. No matter the winds, no matter the currents, the anchor keeps the vessel stable and secure. Understanding this, the writer of Hebrews tells us that hope is an anchor for our soul that when the storms of life start to blow, when all of the things that will inevitably happen to us, uh, whether that's diseases, whether that's a, a loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, the, the death or, or breaking up of a relationship, um, you know, financial disaster, any of these things that may happen to us that could throw us off course, that could sort of, we think, maybe wreck our life, the writer of Hebrews tells us that hope is an anchor For our souls. It gives us something to hold on to. It gives us strength and stability in the midst of a storm. It gives us the power to endure. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking more about hope, and I'm going to share some stories with you of some people who have endured some incredibly tragic and painful and hard situations and the way that hope carried them through. We're going to look at the scriptures, and over the next few weeks, I'm going to explain to you why I believe that Christianity offers a version of hope that's beyond compare. Now, it's not the only form of hope, so if you're not a Christian, if you don't consider yourself a Christian, if you're just explaining, but you want to know how to endure hardship, stick around. Because there's going to be keys and there's going to be uh, uh, principles that will help you no matter what you believe, whether you're a Christian or not. But if you are a Christian or if you're exploring Christianity, I'm going to explain to you why I believe that the hope that Christianity offers is a hope that's beyond compare. It's a hope that gives us strength that I believe nothing else So that's what we're going to talk about in the next couple of weeks. What I want you to remember, I'm going to keep it a little short today because we've gone long previously. um, But if if you don't remember anything else between now and next week, remember that hope is an anchor. Hope is an anchor. It holds us stable and secure. So if you're going through hardship, if you're going through trouble, if you're experiencing suffering, if you're going through a trial, find something to hold hold on to find something to hope in find dig down deep and look into the future and find some form of confident expectation for future good it is the one thing across the board that experts are beginning to realize gives us the power to endure hope is an anchor and i'm going to leave that as a uh, hook to come back next week <laughs> Invite Austin and Mandy forward to sing one last song.